0: All right, we are live, the 209th and ninth episode of the Mina's House podcast. I mean to say what? I'm Shayna B.
1: Garner Bursco Deck Stucky.
0: How are y'all doing on this fine, you know, middle of the month week? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Honestly, I'm doing I'm doing freaking wonderful. I'm on like cloud nine. I wish I had a drink with me. This is a uh, am I'm I'm on my black people's stuff. This is grape soda. <laughs> you know
0: what? I thought it was red wine. Me too so. in a wine glass. <laughs> I
1: wish. I wish. Yeah, I, I had to make it look like something, you know? But it's not so like that. You.
0: you know, I have an essential water. I'm a toast to you, Garnet. I don't know what's yeah. going on. Toast to you. I but We're going to toast to you. I
2: can tell you what's going on with him.
0: What's going on with them?
2: Um, Garnett is closing houses left and right. He's buying gifts <laughs> for his clients, and there's a septic septic tank system that's holding things up. But you know what? That'll get cleared oh. up
1: too. Dex be on Twitter reading tweets,
0: man. <laughs> I was about to say, I didn't see none of this on Instagram. <laughs> I was just about to
2: because right. you know you if you put certain things on instagram the people who you don't want to see it they're gonna see it. if you put it on twitter <laughs> nobody sees. <it>. <laughs> you know what
0: yeah. that means you that means you're putting out too much personal information garnett <laughs> no it's you know stuff that I, I
1: talk to my friends about real quick and then yeah i gotta at least get it out the way and then
0: uh, you know it's, it's not that personal OK, well, we're proud of you. You are a whole real estate agent. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, Come through. Right.
1: It's going down. It's going down.
0: Thanks to this podcast in a small right. little tiny way. Yeah, and yes, exactly. I got I got I got that little idea. Like, I'm going to check this out. Yeah. You're inspired. That's all it takes. Was a moment. So, yep. We actually have another inspirational story coming up later. This podcast, Charles J. This is actually Garnett's friends. So Charles had um, had cancer and he has his own clothing line and he has an actual physical store, which is very rare in today's age where literally everybody sells stuff online. You don't even need a physical store. It's almost like now if you have a physical store, you got money yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> like you're doing OK in life if you have a physical store, because it's fine. Financially, it's like a step up that you don't really need to take if you're doing well online. Yeah. Right. Unless you're Rihanna or whatever. So um, so Charles J is going to be uh, joining us. And then his line was also featured in Euphoria, which is on HBO and HBO Max. Zendaya stars in a, Uh, Drake executive produces the show. It's incredible. It's so good. So we'll talk to uh, Charles J. Hopefully. You know, sometimes our guests, sometimes they don't make it on. I feel like Charles is gonna be, he's gonna be on it. Okay. (laughs) Charles' gonna be on time and on point. (laughs) Remember Moose? Moose. I was just thinking,
2: I was just thinking about that. I was talking to someone and they mentioned that interview, and I was like, it's so funny how that whole thing came about, too.
0: Or even Mama Jones, remember Mama Jones was was late and And we have we, yes. we had finished Remember the podcast. I was, I was in the car doing Mama Oh TV. yeah yeah
2: yeah. <laughs> it was a long podcast so.
0: yeah. We had finished the podcast and then we went back on just cuz mm-hmm. Mama Jones showed up like an hour late to the pod mm-hmm. virtually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mama
1: Jones.
0: Did you so it's funny uh the recent headlines Jim Jones said that Mama Jones uh, taught him had a tongue kiss. She talked about that on our podcast. Did. did you guys think about lot. that?
2: She talked about a lot that she helped him do, and like nothing was really off limits. So when I read, when I heard that, I'm just like, yeah, that's not shocking to me. At I all. was
0: more mad, like, okay, because you listen to our podcast, duh. right? <laughs> You know what? I've been meaning to like send out that clip again. It's just like when you got a thousand things moving, these are the little things that you miss. Right. But I'm like, she been talked about showing him how to put on a condom, like all this kinds of stuff, which it's funny that people were like outraged saying it's child abuse. Wouldn't it like if you're going to learn from someone, don't you want to learn from your parent? Like,
2: yeah, it's just that people think about the birds and the bees talk, but they don't know how, like, just because your birds and the bees talk just ended with you and your dad sitting on the couch, you don't know how everybody else's talk went. And everybody encourages that talk, but people don't really know that some people are showing people how to put a condom on with bananas. Like, right. that talk is different for every
0: family. I don't even know if I had a talk. Or yeah. that. <laughs> I think my, my mom talk- was just like, You ain't doing nothing. You young. You got a boyfriend. And no, you're not going on the pill. Although the doctor suggested it. She was like, no, it's not happening. See, my talk was don't come into this house with the police or pregnant. (laughs) 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 Oh, I'm gonna whoop your ass. (laughs) Those are the requirements in my house. Don't come to this house with the police and don't come to this house pregnant.
1: (laughs) Uh, it, It also show like the lack of like the man in the household not necessarily on the kissing part because you wouldn't kiss your dad right but like even having those talks or like that's who you will go to when you're thinking about you know as a boy like you know you telling him this girl like you about to have sex and hopefully he's there to you know walk you through that you know that that process to make sure to make sure you don't look stupid in the bedroom so you know it seems crazy to have a mother do it but who else was there who else was going to teach her?
0: Unless That's you have exactly those wild
1: what
2: she said. Like what
0: was that?
2: Unless you have those wild cousins like me. Like, I knew what sex was before <laughs> my dad thought I knew. My cousin was like, This is where babies come from. This is how sex is done. This is a porno. I want you to watch this. We're like oh. eight years old. We're like eight years old. And I'm like,
1: Ugh. Oh. Hold hold on. They actually had to sit you down. I already knew what it was. I was active. Okay. Well, I was just young. Like, I was just
0: young and I'm gonna say Garnet, You was not active at eight. All right, so we're no. I'm not talking about
1: like active. I'm talking about like trying to. Oh. sex was? Yeah, like that. That's what we was doing with the the HBO at night, like in the middle of the night. That's not what's maybe. going on HBO at eight. Yes. Wow.
0: yes. No. Yeah. No. but
1: yeah, like, I
0: was like thirteen when i was He
2: black is from. right about that because eight was the age when I learned about this. So, but I learned it that year through my cousins, and like yeah, that's about right.
0: That's totally young. My, I might've had a slight talk, like when your cycle comes about and I was like eight or nine, but that was like, it's too much going on. And I was too young to comprehend what was even this thing was about. So mm-hmm. it was like a slight, like this means you can have babies and don't have no babies. Like, you know, <laughs> like it was like a slight introduction, <laughs> but it wasn't because I think I was so young. Yeah. I, my mother never, I I don't think I ever had a conversation about now you're fertile. Like I, she was just like, you're a woman now. Don't let no man touch you and don't come into this house pregnant. Like that's really like, it was kind of like a, like a, this means you can get pregnant. But I was so young in my my cycle that I just was like I don't even know what this stuff is coming on my body so I don't even know what's talking about. I can't believe y'all saying eight hey, y'all y'all should have belong y'all belong in the Euphoria show <laughs>
2: <laughs> and look look we knew about that stuff when we were eight years old and we still look at them euphoria kids like what <laughs> <laughs> right
0: cause y'all wild wow, y'all was watching Borno's and everything. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like I knew no. oh. I would never forget the first time I was forced to watch a porno. It was at a boy's house. I was already in high school and it was like a group of us. And we were at, we were at a boy's house and his mom was working. And the boy's house was down the street from, from like uh class. So we went during lunch and, um, <laughs> And I we it's uncomfortable to watch a porno for the first time with a group of people, <laughs> and I'm like I feel so uncomfortable. <laughs> that probably would be uncomfortable. You know, it was so like bad.
2: A it depends on the. It depends on the group.
0: No, like what, in the, what in the yeah. group is going on with you, Dex? In college,
2: we used to in college they used to make pornos, and we used to watch. Yeah, oh, you you
0: were already used to them. She's saying this was her first time. Well, it was a interesting, group interesting. setting. <laughs> <laughs> Our guest is joining us right on time, actually early. Uh, Charles J, welcome to the Venus House Podcast. Yes, what's
3: up? What's up? What's up? What's up? How y'all oh. doing?
0: Charles is a fashion designer. He owns Urbane. He has an actual, like, physical store called Avenue Black, and we are so happy to have you here, Charles.
3: Now I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm glad, you know, I got the invite. You uh, a long time coming.
0: Well, this is the rest of the pod. I know you know Garnett. <laughs> I'm Shayna B.
3: Next what's up, what's you. up, what's up?
1: man, we're gonna jump right into it, man how, how <laughs> you on this uh that you know you, you've had a lot of accomplishments uh, I'm pretty sure you know somebody else asked a question to start it from the beginning, but like your latest endeavor, man, as far as um being on Euphoria, man, which is one of the biggest shows right now in the world, yeah. like you have your brain like there in the physical, how did that happen? then like what was the
3: feeling yeah, so um honestly, I was in. I was in Arizona last week, so I had my phone. Was taking like a disconnect creatively and just disconnect from the business, and my phone was on D and D, so I didn't even know that we were on Euphoria until like four hours after the episode had launched. So I put my took my phone off D and D, and I saw like all these messages, and I'm like, "We on Euphoria?" Like what happened was last year, Heidi, who is um somebody I met when I was out L A. um about three four years ago, and um she'd been working on like smaller shows for wardrobe styling. And, you know, she got the gig for Euphoria, she reached out and was like, hey, listen, I want to pull some pieces for Algie, um, you know, for season two. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to just send some pieces out. You know, I've worked with uh, a decent amount of stylists to where we sent stuff out and stuff just didn't get placed or gets lost or whatever. Stuff just happens like that. So um, I sent this stuff out. Um, They shot the first scene that was in the season one premiere. And then she reached back out the next day and was like, hey, can we get two more shirts? Um, Algie's gonna be wearing it throughout the whole, you know, the whole episode into episode two. Um, As a matter of fact, she was just saying that um, it was gonna be in in another episode. She didn't say which episode it was gonna be in. So I sent this stuff out, you know, and haven't heard from her since. And then um, I thought we would get some type of communication as far as when the episode would drop, but we didn't. So it was just kind of like, you know, we just planted a seed and, you know, when it was gonna grow, it was gonna grow. And, you know, it just happened to be the largest premiere to ever hit, you know, TV. 2.5 mm-hmm. million viewers. So it right. was, it's just a real experience. And, you know, it's, it's dope, um, you know, just to see not only one brand, but I have two brands that I run and both of them were on the show. Yeah. So, you know, that just speaks to, you know, just the amount of work that, you know, we've been putting in for the last couple of years.
0: Yeah. Congratulations. And I'm sure the nice. stylist didn't even know when it was going to drop because half the right. time you don't even know what's going to make the scene, <laughs> you know, like what parts are going to be there. And you might think you have more of a part than you don't. But that's fire. So in total, three times you got three features on there.
3: Yeah. So it was actually in um episode two, too at the beginning, because episode mm-hmm. one was transitioning from, you know, the uh, the party that was at the New Year's Eve um event. So. Um, it transitioned into episode two. And then, you know, we're still getting buzz from, you know, customers and people reaching out, like, hey, I saw it on Euphoria. So it's just, it's, it's really dope. It's kind of like a confirmation from God, like just to keep going. So, yeah,
0: that's awesome. And I, I know and Garnett kind of touched on it and we've, we've learned so much about you and just your journey. And I know one of the things you were saying on your Instagram posts is for other entrepreneurs, like this has been a long time coming. Like, Tell us a little bit about your grind and, you know, even connecting with stylists to get the pieces in their hands, because people don't really understand that world and, and, how, that, mm-hmm. and how that works.
3: But I mean, at the same time, it, it's not made for us to understand it, right? Because, um, you know, we're not, the industry is not made to educate us. It's mm-hmm. up to us to, you know, go and educate ourselves because they, you know, they got gatekeepers and that's the reason why there's gatekeepers, because they don't want us in the industry, right? So, um, I mean, just me, um, uh, kidney cancer at age two, I had my right kidney removed, went through chemotherapy. Um, You know, I'm a cancer survivor of 29, 28 years now. Um, and when I graduated from college, wait, 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 I started- you're not gonna breathe through <laughs> that. We're, we're going clap it off. You're not gonna breathe. <laughs> gonna cancer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I started my uh I started my brand Urbane. Um, it's crazy because Avenue Black was actually supposed to be a digital fashion magazine, a digital magazine for South Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, I just collaborated with two of my homies and the project just didn't work out. Um and I was always in the fashion, so I was like, yo, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna start a clothing brand called Urbane. I'm going to figure out how to manufacture clothes. I'm going to figure out the whole process. Then I'm going to open up a consulting company later on called Avenue Black. And realistically, you know, you transition from, you know, starting the brand. We've been featured in Philly Fashion Week, Huffington Post, 6ABC. We was on the cover of Essence with DJ Diamond Cuts, two UK fashion magazines. I just got the call two weeks ago to go to LA Fashion Week in March. Nice. Um, so, you know, we've. Um, I've been a self-taught designer. I did not go to school. I literally, I have a web design and graphic design background, and I kind of just like walked myself through the process over the last seven years. And, you know, now I'm finally starting to see some of the fruits of that labor. Um, I was a store, a district manager at Aldo. Um, so I've been in retail my whole yes. life. So I understand
0: yeah, <laughs> selling us you know, shoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: I was huge on um, you know, having a job, but having a job that was gonna, you know, transition me into the next step of my life. And, you know, me being able to have my own store now I know how to run it effectively, and then I'm not loan learning necessarily on my own dollars. Somebody was paying me to learn. So right. that was something that was, you know, vital within my process. But it's just moving strategically. But um, you know, and then we transition into the pandemic. Um, I ended up, you know, getting demoted from my job down to back to a store manager. So I just never went back. And, um, you know, we ended up opening a 10,000 square foot location in South Jersey, Um, had a photography studio, audio recording studio, podcast studio, plus retail built in. Um, We were there for a year. Um, We went through a legal battle with mall management because they kept trying to restructure our lease. Um, And it was just it was a whole mess. But at the same time, I learned so much throughout that process. And we didn't sacrifice the business model even though they didn't want us there. So, you know, we fought and, you know, we just decided to cut ties and then we opened up our store in Deford Mall literally two and a half weeks later after we moved out of there. Wow. And then, we, you know, we've been killing it ever since. So Avenue Black is really, you know, a creative hub for South Jersey. Um, we have an 11,000 square foot location that we're gonna open up in a couple months. That's gonna have, you know, the photography studios, audio recording studios. Um, It is a, a co-working space. So very similar to um, what Will and Dave are doing over at Rec Philly, Philly um, but it's, you know, it's for, it's, it's for South Jersey. And, um, you know, our focus is more of like retail and building brands in-house because um, Avenue Black is going to be a lot bigger than just fashion. Um, we're going to have Airbnb concepts, Turo concepts, private jets, you know, different retail locations throughout the U.S. So like, we're not thinking just locally, we're just building out the infrastructure right now so that we can scale. So for impressive.
0: people so for people who are not, real quickly Dex, for people who are not like in the Philly, Jersey area, so mm-hmm. Rec Philly is like a local kind of like creative hub where you can go yeah. and learn like photography classes, editing, video editing, audio mm-hmm. editing. If you need a studio for whatever, you can book that and rent that. So Charles is now bringing that to South Jersey. So people have, it's kind of like a workspace for yeah. people in like creative media, that kind of realm. Mm-hmm. Yeah it
3: runs on a uh, it runs on a membership model so members pay a membership fee and they get a certain amount of hours usage you know on equipment or hours usage in the studio but then they also can come in and just work from there Um, But we're actually implementing an extra, you know, a couple extra things in there, like I said, the Turo model, so our members will be able to rent our cars, they'll be able to rent our Airbnbs that are all located, because our biggest thing with Avenue Black is creating an avenue for minorities. That's really what, you know, the whole concept of Avenue Black is. Um, And what we want to do is we want to be able to control every part of our platform we don't want to have to go on airbnb and have to filter through them we want to have our mm-hmm. own platform that people can come to us because one we can begin to control the um you know the information that we're getting you know people's email addresses once you do anything with a third party company like airbnb or turo they begin to control your infrastructure and we want full control so that's why we're taking the steps to be able to build it from the ground up and we have no investors so we're 100% funded by us oh, wow. yeah yes. so, uh- uh, I just was going to say, so you, you let this mess your cars up, bro. That's crazy.
1: <laughs> you to your cars?
3: Listen, man, if somebody want to take the May back out and they've got a membership, then, you know, we, so we can work with. Oh, yeah, Dex.
2: No, I was going to say, just, can you just speak to how important networking has been throughout your, like throughout in the industry that you're in and then throughout this yeah. process?
3: Um, Networking, you know, your network is your network. That's, you know, that's the, the oldest saying in the book, but it, it's very much I was talking earlier, there's so many gatekeepers. Like, you know, if we're talking about in the fashion industry, they don't even want people like us there. Like, I'm just going to be 100% honest. Um, You know, we have the Pierre Mosses and, you know, uh, R.I.P. The Virgil, who, you know, broken barriers. Um, you know, to get us in the door, but, you know, from a small designer who, you know, is self-funded, the industry doesn't want to give us nothing. Like the the people look down on us, um, you know, like the Anna Wintour's tours and, you know, anybody who's in the fashion week, if you're not abiding by their rules or their infrastructure, they look at you like you're a rebel and you don't belong. And, you know, and that's just really what is like, if you're not, when you go to fashion school, um, and this is something that I learned over the past couple of years through uh, one of my friends who actually went to fashion school, they teach you, so much structure that it's almost like you're a robot gotcha. where you begin to operate based off of what the industry tells, tells you. So like every season a Pantone Color Report comes out, Color Report comes out, it tells you what is gonna be trending that season. So all the designers make all the same stuff. Um, but you know, by me being able to build out my network, um, you know, of people in the industry, I've been able to navigate past these gatekeepers and get into some of these rooms. And realistically, once you get your name in a couple of rooms, it's just a matter of you maximizing those opportunities when they come. Like, I'm working on something with the CFDA right now, which is the Council of Fashion Designers of America. Um, we're working on, you know, local initiatives to underdevelop markets in fashion. So, you know, instead of going to a major city to do a fashion show, they'll come somewhere like South Jersey at our space and do a major fashion show. And I'm not talking, you know, a local, bunch of local designers. We're talking, you know, world-renowned designers coming to an underdeveloped market. Okay.
0: Let me ask you this. How difficult is it right now with the pandemic to source materials and even uh, create clothing? Because as we know, yeah. um, it, it, it's so hard right now to get textures and and yeah. things into the country. And I know for startup designers, a lot of the time you're outsourcing things to like China or or mm-hmm. India or places that where, you know, labor is a little bit cheaper. How diff- right. how difficult is it for you right now as a, you know, up and coming fashion designer?
3: Um, I honestly, it's, it's, this is probably the, the most difficult that it's going to get for a designer at this point. Um, there's a shortage on textiles. There's a shortage in the factories. There's a shortage on workers. There's a shortage on shipping. Um, like I just had to pay $12,000 just to get my stuff shipped within a reasonable time frame. if I didn't want to wait 30 to 60 days. So, you know, um, if a designer is able to navigate through this, then anything after this, you know, hiccup that we're in. There's going to be a lot of small businesses that end up flourishing because, you know, the cost of doing business right now is really, really high. Um, also, designers are going to have to start increasing their prices because, you know, um, dealing with, an, uh, you know, from the eco-friendly side, there's a lot of waste in the fashion industry. Like if you walk into Zara right now, all you see is red sale sales. Signs. And it's because fast fashion is beginning to beginning to you know decimate the earth because everything is based on consumption. So all these larger companies are just trying to feed you all this product back-to-back-to-back-to-back to back to back to back at a cheaper price, but in all actuality, it's actually damaging the ecosystem. So, you know, just between that, dealing with the, the shipping stuff, um, the, the textile shortages, you know, as a designer right now, if, you know, you're not liquidating the inventory that you have and you're trying to continue to move on to these other collections and pieces, it's going to be very difficult for you to move forward because the cost of everything is going up now. Inflation is happening. So...
1: Mm-hmm. I got like mad questions to be honest with you, man. I can run off about 25 of them. But, um, <laughs> we were we were briefly uh, talking about you before you actually got on here. And uh, Mina said something key where, you know, she was just like thought it was super dope that you had your own like physical location store. I know you touched on it a little bit, but, uh, you know, she was like, you know, to have something like that in this age where, you know, you could just sell things direct, directly to customers from the comfort mm-hmm. of your own home, um, you know, you must have money. <laughs> Those are her words, but um,
0: having a brick and mortar store is like a luxury now. Right. Because it's an uh, extra cost that you might even You don't even need because you can sell it online. Yeah.
1: So i so, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, nah. Go, nah, go ahead. You can ask it. I was going to say, so that's exactly where I was getting to as far as just like, so, you know, if that is a luxury thing, like how did you come up with that? with your business model so you, it
3: can actually work in a climate like this. Um I wouldn't I wouldn't go as far as to say it's a luxury. <laughs> I would say more so it's a pivot. Mm. And the reason why I say that is because sometimes you have to make decisions based on the market, right? So if right now we're in a pandemic, commercial real estate is in the gutter because nobody wants to like uh, when the crash happened in two thousand eight, when everybody started investing in Uber and you know all this other stuff. When a pandemic happens or you know some type of economic crisis happens, the bet that's the best time for you to move, right? So right now in commercial real estate, you can get a commercial space for dirt cheap, and you can probably get your rent um for free for the first year, depending on how long your lease is. Or you might just have to pay your taxes and um, with your CAM or your triple net, your taxes and insurance for the first year, and then you start paying you know your rent um you know later on um. But um having a retail store is one of the best decisions that I think we made um when we had to transition out of the situation at Gloucester. Um we dealt with mad racism, prejudice between the police officers, all that, like all that stuff. Stuff that we haven't even went on air talked about yet. But um till now you know, us moving, yeah, us moving in. <laughs> yeah, till now. Um <laughs> <laughs> Til, uh, us moving into just a straight retail store was probably one of the best decisions that we made because one, it was testing out a smaller version of our business model to see if it would work. But two, it's giving us access to customers that we've never seen before or have, or who have never seen us. And um, people think retail is is chain, Retail is dying. It's just changing. It's evolving. It's more experiential based versus it being you just go in and you shop now. And um, like, as I go in like other stores in the mall and I'll just like scope out you see a lost art as customer service. Right. So yeah. by us coming in and opening a store that looks luxurious, like we went in, we, we did the floors, epoxy, marble, like we made it look luxurious in the mall so that we stood out. And by doing that, now we focus on our customer service side to where everyone who works at our space is personable, talking about product, having knowledge on the product. And that's a different element now that even in a pandemic, people walking around with masks aren't used to. They're used to just walking in and nobody's saying anything because, you know, don't touch me, I don't want COVID. So, um, <laughs> but we're taking the steps to really just change the retail climate and really make it more experiential. Like we're going to do a lot of events. Um, when we open up our space in Turnersville, that's 11,000 square feet. We have 15, 10 to 15 local minority owned businesses that will be selling out of there. Plus, we're, it's an event space. We have a banquet hall. So, we'll be doing a lot of the fashion shows, art gallery shows, um, you know, vendor events. Uh, we have, like, like I said, we have a photography studio in there. So, like, it's really about to be like a crazy creative hub in South Jersey. Um, and having an inline retail store in Deptford is going to allow us to drive more traffic right down the highway to Turnersville, which will be like our flagship location.
0: You remind me of like Swiss beats a lot. I don't know, like your, your energy and, you know, your kind of creativity. Who do you look up to in your space? Like who, who, who is the ultimate, you know, person for you?
2: Besides Anna Uh Wintour. (laughs)
3: Um, <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> Oh, it's crazy that you say Swiss cuz I was down Art Basel uh in 2018 and I kind of like spent the weekend, you know, at the all the events and you know, got to meet him, gave him a hold shirt, on, he hold wore on, a shirt Hold to on, the, on, hold, on <laughs> hold on, hold on. Tell them the backstory. Tell them how you wasn't going to go. Uh, all right. So, Lois, I'm, I'm going to try to keep it short cuz be talking a lot. So, um in 2018 was probably one of the most difficult years I had as a designer. So, my <laughs> manufacturer delayed my production 9 months. I literally had no money in my bank account. Um, I was still working at Aldo while running the brand. Um, And I was depressed for like three months. I didn't want to do anything. Literally went to work, came home, sat in the crib, didn't want to design, didn't talk to nobody, nothing. I pulled myself out of that, found a new manufacturer. I dropped a collection that fall called Unbreakable. And that's what the whole concept of the collection was. It was like, I I use certain materials that, you know, aren't easily destructible. And I built a whole collection based off of those, which is actually another collection I'm releasing Um, It's made out of vegan leather. So um, I dropped that collection. I had uh, reached out to Swiss, like right when I got my first sample and I sent him an article from Huffington Post that I was featured in, Um, right in the DM. And he responded, he was like, yo, King, that's dope, you know, keep up the good work. He's like a real OG, so he's not going to give you a whole bunch of sentences. So. (laughs) um, uh,
0: The fact that you got a response from Swiss, I don't care if it's like two words. That's Fact. more than what he's giving a, a lot of other people. Right.
3: Yeah, no, nah, for real. And I was like forever grateful just for the response. And then, um, you know, October came when my product came in and we did our photo shoot campaign came out crazy. You know, the reception from the customers was well. Um, So I hit up Swiss was like, yo, how do I get you one of these shirts? And he was like, yo, I'm gonna be an art Basel this weekend, you know, pull up. And I'm like, bro, I don't got no money in my account. <laughs> you, you make it work. Pull up.
0: Yep, like, you make you know, that work. You got a personal invite from out, Swiss.
3: All of that. <laughs> uh, manager was like, because I was a store manager at the time, called my district manager was like, yo, listen, it's December in retail. So getting off is like, mm-hmm. ain't going to happen. <laughs> yeah. So um, I told her, I was like, yo, listen, I got to go to Miami this weekend for four days. If you're trying to fire me, you can go ahead. And I just, about <laughs> and then she called me back like, no, 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 no. You don't have to worry. You know, we're going to make sure the store is covered. I'm like, all right, well, I'll leave tomorrow morning. So I booked the flight, the hotel, went down. Um, hit the first event. It was, a, um, it was a panel discussion with uh, a couple of photographers that, uh, the one young photographer that was featured on Vogue with the Beyonce shoot. Um, I forget his name on the top of my head, but, um, that was that night. So then we went to a concert the next night and, um, it was like Busta Rhymes, um, DJ Manny Fresh. You're like, it was wild. I literally stood at the front of the concert with a ShopRite bag with two shirts in it. And literally at the end of the concert, I held it up. I was like, switch yo, what's up? So he sent his uh, security guard over, he grabbed his shirt, and then, um, you know, he shouted me out on the mic, and then um, wow. at the, that, the next day, we went to a paint-and-sip, he pulls up to the event with the shirt on. Wow. Yeah, it was like, it was a crazy experience. Like, when I tell you I was down to my last, like, I was really down, down to the bottom, wow. and I was really just ready to quit, and it was just like, yo, this is confirmation that, you know, I can keep going. So I that, that experience better. alone.
2: I dude. thought you were going to say it was, it was confirmation that I'm unbreakable.
0: <laughs> uh, that would have been a that would have been a kick line. All right, cool. But up, um, that though, right? Look <laughs> <laughs> at your marketing manager, Dexter.
1: <laughs> Finishing your sentences, man. Um, but so yeah, so that so was. So a- Swiss
0: is like your your ultimate, I guess, inspiration
3: um i wouldn't say so for me i wouldn't say swiss is like my ultimate inspiration i think that experience is my ultimate inspiration mm-hmm. but if i'm looking at you know somebody in the fashion industry who i want to be like jeremy scott from day one has been like you know a, a motivator for me like you know i, I look up the Virgil, i look up to you know like a pierre moss um you know because they look like me um mm-hmm. but like jeremy scott as an individual like, he just did not care. And the industry didn't accept him. He was a, you know, farm kid from the Midwest. And it's just like, you know, for him to be able to go and basically be the first American designer to ever touch, you know, an international runway at that level, you know, that's what that's the type of pinnacles that i want to hit yeah. and you know that's that's somebody that i look up to just he didn't care he was out here putting cereal boxes on dresses like you know he just didn't care and that's how free i want to be with my design structure and that's why like with urbane like that's really my baby so i make sure everything that i put out is at a certain level and it has a story behind it yeah
1: so with with urbane segue right into that um i know how much you know the actual logo and the design mean to you but Everybody may not. So, you know, people just see the colors. Hey, it looks cool. It yes. looks dope. But, uh, you know, what does that
3: actually mean to you and the brand? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the logo to me is everything. Um, you know, it takes me back to the playroom when I got my tri- uh, treatment at Children's Hospital. Uh, mm-hmm. Every morning I woke up. So, like, I had chemo. I had my right kidney removed and went through chemo. So... Um, and, um, you know, with that experience, I would go in the playroom every morning and just play with these building blocks. So that's the whole concept behind, you know, the color block logo. It's me going back to the playroom. That's the reason why, you know, the colors for the brand are so loud and vibrant and, you know, it's unapologetic. You know, that's really what, you know, it's me being a kid again. That's really what the brand is. And then, you know, as I begin to step into, you know, my other brand, which is Avenue Black, that's more so like the, you know, the, the older version of me, the more grown, it's grown and sexy. And, you know, this stuff that you wear when like you go out and it's a little bit more trendy, but like Urbane is really like my heart and soul. Like I'll never give, I'll never give anybody a piece of that.
0: That's so amazing. And so funny because I really was wondering that yeah. just looking through the site and I'm looking at, mm-hmm. you know, all the pieces and I'm like, wow, this logo is is so clean, but these, these blocks, these vibrant colors. Yeah. And that's just an amazing story that I, I just yeah. wouldn't, I have known, but I kept looking at it, um, mm-hmm. knowing it, understanding that there was, a distinct reason behind the
3: way that that was laid out yeah and and it's crazy because a lot of people you know they misinterpret the logo and this is something that i i I knew the moment that i made it like they look at it and automatically think lgbtq like that's just (laughs) you know it's loud and and, you know the rainbow i like i get it um but um that's another thing that just caters to the brand because it talks about how inclusive we are we don't exclude anybody so, you know, if that's your interpretation of the brand, then nine times out of ten, it just tells me that, you know, the loud colors might just be a little bit outside your comfort zone. And that's OK. You just might not be my customer. But the people who see it and they're engaged by it and they love it like this, is my Nike check. It ain't going nowhere. So, you know, <laughs> like you, the- you going to like it or you not. And if you do, then, you know, it, it's a great thing because I got some phenomenal pieces that you know, I can show you and, and, you know, give out to the uh, to the audience.
0: You're so uh, incredible. I'm so impressed by you. I just want to say
3: thank you. I appreciate that.
0: <laughs> say,
1: oh, so um, you were so you were you know diagnosed with cancer at an early age, right? I know uh the doctors like said along the lines like you wouldn't be able to do certain things, but then right. later on in your life, you actually you know you went the Rutgers Camden, you played basketball, you set some hmm. records. Um yeah. you know, speak about that, but also speak about like how uh I guess playing sports and being in that atmosphere actually helped your brand and build your clientele as well,
3: yeah, I mean, um honestly it's just it's just me being constantly being an underdog, that's how I look at it like all the from from coming out of the womb, like I'm the underdog, like uh you know it's just me in a constant battle, you know whether it's with you know me defeating cancer or just me battling myself every day. To, you know, me telling myself that I can do this and I'm incapable of it and that I don't have to move to L.A. or New York or, you know, a bigger city to make things happen. Like I can do it right from where I'm from. And, um, you know, not being able to my doctor telling me that I couldn't play basketball when I was in like fifth, sixth grade um, was kind of like, you know, a difficult experience. Like, yo, like if you get hit too hard, like, you know, you can't play. And I'm like, no, like I'm playing. So they ended up making me wear like this kidney guard that was super uncomfortable. And it did affect how I played because it was so uncomfortable. So, um, you know, I was one of the best players in, you know, the area in sixth, seventh grade, eighth grade. And, you know, all the kids, you know, everybody getting husky and playing football. And I'm just out here, little guy, I'm like five 5'2", 100 pounds, but I'm still hooping. And then, you know, I came into high school and I told my doctor, like, yo, I'm not wearing this. Like, I'm cool with the repercussions if that's what it is. Like, I'm just not wearing it. So, you know, I played in high school. Coaches constantly told told me yo you you too small to play college basketball, um you know you know you not gonna be able to go D two or D one or you know you you're just not big enough to play. So you know I went through Winslow High School and started my senior year, and then um I was supposed to go to school in Florida. That didn't work out because I couldn't get approved for a loan for my first year. So I ended up walking on at Rutgers Camden. Started since freshman year, set five records while I was there. We had the first winning season in school history my senior year, and you know. Uh, The funniest part is I graduated and I had a term bill in my diploma because I had like I was working. I worked uh, at Wawa. I worked five days a week. I took six classes and I played basketball. So realistically, like I had two full time jobs and I was going to school taking classes. So, you know, college was really just a grind, but it just showed me how much I'm capable of. And, you know, you know, my circumstance is not going to determine, you know, where I'm going. It's just that's a moment. It's just a moment that I have to get through. And that's how I look at a lot of the obstacles like I've. Going through stuff with my manufacturer where I've gotten product that wasn't a hundred percent, and I could sit there and be down about it. But at the end of the day, I'm a solution oriented person, and I got to continuously just figure stuff out. Like me going out and opening a ten thousand square foot store in the middle of a pandemic, niggas <laughs> was looking at me like, "Yo, what is what is wrong with you?" But I'm like, "Yo, this is an opportunity," and I'm not afraid to fail out loud. That's something that you know that's big mm-hmm. to me too. Is I don't care what anybody else says. Like at the end of the day, I had a store that was 10,000 square feet. We lasted a whole year. And the only reason why we left was because mall management was being racist and they didn't want us there. So it's like, you know, and then now we're about to open up an 11,000 square foot store. Like so for me, it's just, you know, the sky's not the limit. It's the view. And, you know, my circumstance is never going to dictate where I'm going because I always find a way to get through. And that's the biggest thing with being an entrepreneur. Like there's days where I'm up. It's times where I'm at the club and, you know, I can get a section, but then it's other times where, I, you know, I got to be the cool guy, come in, slide through the back, grab a drink and then dip. Like, you know, it's just, you know, understanding circumstances and situation. And I think, you know, that's the biggest thing, you know, I learned through sports was, you know, you can be down 20 in the fourth. You're going to lose or you're going to try to come back and win a game. So, and I'm, I'm always coming back and winning games. So,
0: all right. Unless you're the Dallas Cowboys. But my, they or my
3: us,
1: too,
0: the so I'm, I Eagles. i was not going to say that. I said it had just been Dex.
2: That <laughs> was unnecessary. You just did oh, a couple of
0: things. So, is your name, and not to be in your government for all the listeners mm-hmm. and viewers, but is it's your cool. name my actually social Charles too, guess, J too. or is that like your designer name?
3: So, my real name is Jason Charles Richardson, the fourth. And if you want my social, I could DM it to no, you. No, that's
0: all right. That's all right. <laughs> no, Shane don't nah, watch um, your yeah. number. Shane don't watch different digits. <laughs>
3: <laughs> 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 Listen, my girl, my girl, my girl, a pit bull. she she's gonna kill Boba. Oh, she's uh, <laughs> to kill um, me. Either.
0: But now I was just looking at your name and I'm looking at it on the screen, like, what oh, is this his name or is this is his designer name?
3: Yeah, so like, instead of like my name, you know, from a designer side, Jason Richardson is cool and all but like Charles J just got a little bit more of a ring to it. um, And you know, it's my middle name. So like people used to call me a Charles, like when I was younger, like as a joke, like, Oh, what's up, Charles. <laughs> like, so you know, I just kind of took that and ran with it and really just made it my persona of who I am. Like, you know, in the era of social media, you can kind of create, you know, mm-hmm. who you are, you know, on social media. I can give myself whatever name I want. I can show people a luxurious lifestyle or, you know, I can just be me 100%. And like Charles J is really just me as the designer. You know, when I step into that mode, I'm Charles J. When I step into a fashion show, I'm Charles J. But like outside of that, you know, I'm really just really like a very chill, down to earth person that, you know, just likes to watch Netflix and Dynasty and all these great shows.
0: (laughs) Let me ask you, when someone like Swiss wears your clothing, do you see immediate impact or is it just more so for marketing?
3: So at that time, that's what, 2018, um, I saw an influx of like eyes. But to sit here and say that I got it. I mean, he didn't tag me either, which I didn't expect him to. So that, you know, there's no ill feelings towards not being tagged. But, um, you know, I saw a a bunch of eyes on me at that point, um, sales increased a little bit, but it wasn't like, it wasn't sales that I wasn't already going to really get. Like I got a couple of one-offs from like a bunch of different places that I never heard of. But other than that, it was just like, it was really more so for me, it wasn't even for the audience. Um, but, like, um, influencer marketing now is so sketchy because everything's oversaturated. Everybody has a clothing brand or a product that they're trying to sell. And these influencers are just, like, shoving product down your throat. So, like, you don't really get the same impact you would in, like, 2015 when India Love would wear something half naked and you sell out in five minutes. Mm. Like, you know, it just depends on your product and it depends on their audience, too. Like, you know, a lot of people who are follow Swiss are other celebrities who... Will DM me and be like, "Yo, bro, I saw this on Swiss. What's up? Let me get one." And I'd be like, "No, here's the link though, and here's five percent. You can get like, you can get free shipping or something." But like, you know, it's it's a lot of people in the DM asking for free stuff. And I had to grow go away from that and just really try to be as organic as possible because, you know, it's an extension to me. I can't just be giving okay. out myself for free. So.
0: so I I can't get a box, is what you say?
3: <laughs> <laughs> you can get you can get a little bit of a box.
0: You know? <laughs> Even though we was at Garnett comedy show and you ain't say nothing, but it's all good. You I know? don't say nothing to nobody. I'm like yeah. the most I'm the most outgoing and shyest person ever. <laughs> Garnett will tell you when I get in rooms where I don't know a lot of. People, I just, Mm -hmm. I'm just like, you wouldn't even know it's me unless you knew it was me. You know, I don't have a need to be loud in every room that I'm in. Now, if I, if I know people, it's different. But I didn't, I knew Garnett and Wayne at Mm -hmm. his comedy show. Like, I didn't know anybody else, so I was like, okay, I'm just gonna go (laughs) in my little corner. (laughs) And 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 you only gotta be that humble too
1: about the Swiss story, man. He actually, saw, so I guess after the Miami, uh, the Miami uh, Art Weekend or whatever. He oh yeah, he, he like, wore
3: that joint like five times.
1: Wow. He wore like three <laughs> days straight like three days in a yeah. row. He yeah. ended up going to Africa and he
3: had his product on. <laughs> wow,
0: yeah, that's wow. so, so
3: you're yeah. so you're international, right. Oh A little bit. I mean, I was featured in two UK fashion magazines, so we was we already over there a little bit. But um, you know, just I try to I try to stay on the humble pie. You know. You okay. can't handle Darnett. He pushes it out. <laughs> <laughs> That's right.
0: So, so okay. So Swiss was more like a marketing, a marketing um thing. So when when your clothes gets featured on Euphoria, do you see an immediate uptick from that?
3: So that that was different. That was a different situation because one. Euphoria is like like just ridiculous as far as how many people were looking forward to it. And it was a premiere. Like if it was just in a regular episode, probably wouldn't have gotten like the same kind of buzz or traffic that we got. But um, I'm kind of upset because I wasn't prepared for that moment because Mm -hmm. we didn't know that it was happening. Like if I would have got a heads up, we would have made sure that certain stuff was in stock. That t-shirt, like that t-shirt wasn't in stock until four hours after the premiere. Wow. And we literally got over a thousand hits to the website within that hour. Like people were looking for Avenue Black, like right. it was crazy, but it's just, we weren't prepared for the moment. Um, but on the flip side, we had our website infrastructure so that we have Facebook pixels. So now we can run these retarget ads to everybody who even touched the site or clicked, you know, a post or whatever. So we kind of still have that aggregate information, but you know, you for forward- Tick for us, we definitely got a lot of sales just based off of being on it. But was it maximized? No, nah, it wasn't. And I can honestly sit here and say that, like, humbly, that it wasn't like maximized.
0: Yeah, but you're not gonna be ready for these moments, you know? Yeah. They happen and you learn that's the point yeah. of these moments, you know? Um, and now you have that as a basis. So now, if you want to mm-hmm. go on another show, you know, right. um, you have next time you'll be prepared, but you can't be prepared mm-hmm. for these moments, they just happen, mm-hmm. you know? No, nah, definitely and you can't beat yourself up over it right. either because it 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 happened and it, it mm-hmm. benefited you in some way you know yeah and it probably it is. happened on purpose just you know I, I know that you sound to be very purpose driven and spiritual like mm-hmm. you said you were on like a, a kind of retreat like you needed the break you needed yep. to step away and then this great moment happens when you're mm-hmm. in this like space of okay i need to take a breather i need to you know to, to disconnect
3: for a moment. Yeah, no, nah, it's crazy. It's the it's the Virgo in me that that's a perfectionist. So it's like okay. I want to make you sure have, I'm, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm. Uh, yeah, you can run now. It's all good. Just, but, so, uh, so, I'm crazy. No, now. i like, like this eye is number, not dotted. Right. Like the
0: right. other <laughs> eye.
2: I, I'm, I'm just so curious not, though. When, <laughs> when you when you realized that shirt wasn't in stock and, and people couldn't order, and obviously people were going to look for it, who who felt the wrath? Like who got it?
3: <laughs> Nobody. Yo, <laughs> it's crazy because I wasn't like normally I was snap. And like i was with my girl in phoenix so i mean arizona so it was like i ain't about to snap on her because you know you know what i'm saying i, mean, I, ain't, trying, I ain't trying to <laughs> mess up my trip so um nah i was just like yo i celebrated the moment in the moment so like when i found out and then i turned the show on and i saw it i was like yo this is amazing but then the aftermath was like damn let me check the website and then i see <laughs> it's a thousand hits and i'm like damn this shirt sold out I'm like <sighs> i ain't even had that many i had like two left and i'm like damn it sold out so um, You know, it was just it was a surreal experience. And, you know, just the experience, you know, some people work their whole life to get that type of moment. For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I'm not like celebrating it out loud like crazy, but like on the inside, I'm like. Back, what's next? Like, yeah, but like, what's next? Yeah, yeah, like, what's the next one? As you should,
0: you talk about me being silent. I went on your social (laughs) media, you should have that picture of uh, algae wearing your shirt all over your social media. Listen,
3: let me tell you what happened today. Oh, wait, I'm I'm gonna backtrack real quick. So, when I was on my flight, when I was getting ready to get on my flight to uh, to Arizona. Mm-hmm. LA Fashion Week actually called me. So it's crazy that you talked about being able to disconnect and you know, they literally called me and was like, "Yeah, we want we want you in LA Fashion Week March 30th." Like they called me while I was about to get on the plane. So like that was crazy. But fast forward back to the other part, um they just disabled my Instagram.
2: <laughs> oh, they was hating. <laughs> made- <laughs> they was hating. Wait, <laughs> was they? <who> they? they- <laughs>
3: the 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 people I I don't (laughs) know I guess somebody somebody might have tried to hack my Instagram or I got a notification I literally tried to log into my Instagram earlier today and my Facebook actually and they was like yeah your your account's going to be deleted in 30 days and I'm just sitting here like yo I just didn't did all this I just restarted my Instagram like literally last year my personal one because I had my brand I had my personal one I switched it over to the brand now I got my personal one that was only at like 2,500 followers but like my engagement rate was like 40 percent So now I got to redo probably my whole social media again, but on the flip side, it's going to allow me to, from day one, to be engaged with every single person that follows me versus me like having three, four years in, and it's people that don't even really know anything that I do. So, you know, I look at like the devil working, but I'm going to just work harder. Just
0: because I get hacked all the time. So did you get that notification when you logged in or did you get an email? I got a notification on my
3: phone when I logged into Facebook. I didn't oh, even okay. get the Instagram yet. Yeah, I got the Facebook, and it was like, "Yeah, your joint about to be deleted." And I was like, "They was like, you got 30 days to appeal it." So I appealed it, and then it still won't let me log in my Instagram. I can't. Somebody was trying to hack
0: you then. here for sure. Yeah, like it's
3: it's crazy. Like you were like, and that's something that I also learned too is you have to begin. This is why you need control. You got to be able to control your audience. People mm-hmm. have to come to your platform. You can't rely on these social media platforms because. They can switch it up in a minute because their focus is monetization. Their focus is not your business. It's focused on, all right, how can I make the most money? And if they don't care about your business. So you got to find your own, you got to have your own platform. Like I got a mobile app for my, uh, for Urbane. I got a mobile app. I got like 270 downloads on that. So like, if I hit it, like, yo, they deleted my Instagram or like I sent out an email blast to like my 1500 subscribers, I could easily get my following back. But it's just a matter of like, you know, just the devil always working. So, you know, I'm just going to work a little harder.
0: You' gonna start your own social media network.
3: <laughs> well, I mean, we got so it's crazy because on Avenue Black, uh, when we had at Gloucester, which we're gonna reboot when we open up Turner'sville, we have our own mobile. App. Um, and we have a black business, a di- uh, minority business directory called Green Book that we actually going to be launching. You know how they used to sell them little coupon books? Yes. Yeah. Green Book is going to be very similar to that, but it's going to be like a digital, it's going to be like a digital card for black owned businesses. You can go there and get specific like, discounts yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. So it's we got, we got stuff that's cooking up, but it's just, it's the long game.
0: Can you just hire me? one day <laughs> when i need a job no, I mean, we gotta come to a podcast I, there
3: we, or something listen no we can like i got so i had <laughs> i had a podcast that i launched last year called cloth talk uh, i only did like four or five episodes um but i basically interview other designers one-on-one so like the dynamic of the conversation is a little different because i'm an expert and they're an expert so i can call they, them out on their bullshit stuff, yeah. um yeah so um but i just get you know deeper into the conversation but that's gonna to reboot too, but that's everything that we do at Avenue black. We do record the podcast there we do all that stuff so we can do a live pod at avenue black you can fit like five hundred people in there I mean, I don't know what y'all feel about COVID. Well, but well
0: let's you know yeah, I mean? let's let the numbers go down <laughs> right when, so this is the 209th and ninth episode uh yeah. when we get to like two fifty.
3: Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. so I can. So we. So we can sign. We can sign the paperwork right now. <laughs> we, 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 have, we have
0: Avenue Black. Nah, we gotta put a COVID clause in there. Put COVID clause in
3: oh, there. You ain't gonna need no COVID clause. you are good. <laughs> if you already had it, you good. I <laughs> that podcast,
0: conversation.
2: So, so for the people who who would like to follow you on whatever social media you have left like what would that be like where can they find <laughs> not <people>? left because <laughs> they deleting
3: this stuff they taking it down you got Snapchat. You know, I, got, like, p- I, I got ptsd p- and you just putting me through you just putting <laughs> me back through it's all good though um honestly like at this point just pull up to the store. I don't care where you at. If you gotta take a flight to Jersey, take a flight to Jersey and just pull up to the store. No, I'm playing. Go um the Avenue Black Dot Shop. The Instagram for that. You can you know contact me on that for now. Um, Twitter um the, at the Charles J underscore because last year they disabled my Twitter account. They just coming for me. I don't. Yeah, they coming me. for you. It's yeah, you're famous. It didn't you on Euphoria? You
1: famous. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no nah, but um yeah I so see. i mean uh,
1: you got some more stuff coming up too i ain't gonna leak the secret oh
3: um i don't know what he's talking about but uh also we're doing a launch event in february um i'll send y'all all the details to get y'all all right. the vip invites it's gonna be at um, uh the, at the ali mansion that's what we're working on right now um, but it's going to be a, uh, basically like a fashion expo, John. We're going to launch oh, yeah. the new vegan label Le- collection, all of that. So we're going to make sure y'all come out for that. I don't know what Garnett talking about, but.
0: So well, you, yeah, send our invite was, for that. Wasn't you just on set with somebody else? What you talking about? How do you know that man's life more than he does?
1: From, <laughs> and see, cause he, 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 he on set too much. That's why you just was on
3: set with, uh, was the it Romeo stuff. and I'm in Philly? oh oh nah. so yeah we was at we was just in the movie with Paige hurd and romeo miller so i went up uh north jersey for the premiere for um a christmas eve a christmas eve um with Paige hurd and romeo miller so we was up there for the release with them because avenue black and um avenue black was in the movie too so that that movie was dropped in december yeah in december um it was on like amazon or something like that mm-hmm. yeah i but,
0: think i um, feel it i like Paige. yeah Herd.
3: Yeah, she cool. That's the homie. And then Romeo, Romeo, yo, Romeo, one of the coolest dudes ever. Like, yeah, I ain't even a humble dude. Like he was just like, yo, take my IG. He's like, yo, if you need anything, just hit me. And I was like,
0: tell him you part? need him to give you his Instagram contact so you can get. Yeah. The- <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> All right, Charles, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, good luck with everything. You're really, really an inspiration to a lot of people. So keep doing your thing.
3: Thank you. I appreciate y'all
0: yeah Thank and i'm a, I'm gonna be waiting on my little box of of treats okay Our invites
3: <laughs> i got i'll put a little pack together for all y'all just send me your sizes i got y'all
0: oh you're so nice mm-hmm. i was joking too you was like oh, yeah. i'm an entrepreneur i don't give shit away for free oh you yeah, know nah, i was just gonna <laughs> give you
1: some socks <laughs> listen let's listen, listen. Don't even laugh Yo. at the socks. They're the most Yo. comfortable socks in the world. Like, they are super comfortable. Oh, I'll rock them socks. I saw them
0: socks. Mm-hmm. I yeah, love me some good y'all. socks.
3: I'm going to give y'all a little bit more than socks. No, but nah, <laughs> I got y'all. But no, actually, you know what? Do this. I'm not even going to send a box. Y'all got to come pick it up.
0: Okay. All
3: right. All right.
0: Y'all you know, gotta let me
3: know in advance because I don't really be there like that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Cause you the boss.
2: And, <laughs> and, and he keeps days over. On I'm, on. I'm out. Peace. And it's gonna be on do not disturb, so we really
3: gotta let him know <laughs> in advance. <the band.
0: laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, that's the greatest feature ever made. I ain't gonna lie. It to is. You. Like,
0: it's so awesome. It's terrible. I'm not gonna
3: keep talking because I'm gonna keep going. So.
0: All right. Thank you, Charles. Right, bye, Have a good yeah,
3: night. I appreciate you, bro
0: he
2: was good very inspiring you know I, I hate when people brag and stuff like that but i will say though that when it comes to like booking guests and stuff like that i think we do a phenomenal job garnett like he's a friend of garnett's but i don't remember who suggested that we interview him i don't remember oh god that's like, like,
0: <laughs> it's a collective thing
2: that, but but that was it but but that was amazing, though. Like that was there like that. I think that's what we needed to kick off 2022. For yeah.
0: Sure. I've been communicating with D. Ray Davis. Um, right. That's FYI. But D-Ray's like, can you send me some examples of the pod? <laughs> you can go on YouTube. You can follow us on <laughs> Apple Podcasts, Pandora Podcasts. <laughs> so I'm going to send it to D-Ray. But I am communicating with him. So hopefully we can lock that down soon. Real quickly, let's get to some of the stuff in our feed. Because I do want to talk about some of this stuff. Just real, real quickly. Um okay. So Kanye West has been in the news about um, some of his struggling uh, woes with parenting. Not so much on his end, but just navigating kind of like Kim Kardashian being in a new relationship. Him being in a new relationship, obviously he wanted her back. He She didn't want him back. He moved across the street from his kid's house just to be close to them. Um, and then recently, uh, sh- uh, Chicago, his daughter turned four. He wasn't even invited to the birthday party. Travis Scott actually... Called him, told him the address, he pulled up, security tried to block him from coming in to his own daughter's birthday party. And then Kylie had to come and stand down the security. Can we talk about this difficult parenting moment? Because at first it was like, it seemed like Kim was cool and they were the best of friends. And she's showing up at, at his album release party right. and Donna. she in the white dress. And now all of a sudden you got a boyfriend and you acting real funny. Let's talk about this. Yeah, uh, you uh, you hit that nail uh, on the head, though, Mina, because I forgot about all those moments. I'm going to let you go right now, but I actually forgot about these moments that cons- transpired the t- last month. Go ahead, Garnett. Yeah, just
1: uh, unless something transpired that we don't know about, I mean, to hold a father away from their children, like I said, unless something happened, like, that, that, that's a little crazy. What What I will say is, too, is that uh, Kanye kind is of a little too rich to be dependent on somebody else's birthday party he should have had his own birthday damn party for her and made it bigger and made it bigger better and invited her there. Um, So that's how I view it. But like, yeah, if, if, if that's the type of game she's playing for no reason, then that's actually pretty dangerous. That's not cool at all. If I'm Pete Davidson, I don't even rock with that. Like you should want the father to be there if he's a good father. And also, you know, being, being respectful to you just as a person, you know? So yeah, I'm not, uh, I ain't rocking with that
0: without an answer. Dex, don't make those eyes. Because y'all yes, know of what Kanye has done. He is this woman wanted kids so bad that she had two people carry some of these other kids <laughs> to have kids with him. That's <laughs> how bad yeah. she wanted to have continue to have kids with him. A the, the Kanye goals, but let me just say has been on record saying he is an awesome father. So again, we don't know what happened, but that's what she said. I'm going off of what she said.
2: You know what? Let me tell you you what he said. When I woke up Saturday morning, the very first thing that I heard was Pete Davidson better get security because I'm gonna beat him up. And Kanye West song that he has with the game. He said it. And then you think I'm gonna have you. I'm Kim. You think I'm gonna have you around my man after you just said you're gonna beat him up? no so this
0: is a new man they've just been dating right. yesterday he might that's not he be around now. in a year you know, this is his child and then <laughs> if that was the reason kim could have said that that's not what kim said that's what she said "I know boy, he was having another party later she didn't think he was having another party later well she, look she we're not, we not on the same page
2: we're not on the same page like i read i don't want no drama no no bs at the bar the, the- kids birthday party and, and 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 guess what when you was in wyoming you was missing plenty of birthday parties so like let's not act crazy now you weren't always worried about being at these kids parties you wanted to be petty
0: i don't know i just think that pete davidson might not be around a year from now and like why would you deprive right. the father of your child that fourth birthday which you will never get again for a man that might not be around in a year girl and it wasn't just her party it was a combined party with uh a- What's the Travis, story? Yeah. So the yeah. best part of Kanye's story, though, was I called Tristan and he tried to ask Chloe, and then he said he don't know the address. I was like, when Kanye got called Tristan for <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a sad day. Looked, but, but you know, Tristan don't got the damn address. <laughs> Tristan's well, on I He like, I'm, I'm still trying to get back in the house. I can't get his man's his address. I just had a baby. Hold on. So so was Tristan there? And I don't know. He said when he called Tristan, Tristan was trying to ask <laughs> Chloe. And then Tristan said he ain't know the address. And that sounds yeah, like did. Tristan was there, man. That, it sounds
1: like <laughs> Tristan did all of that. But that, it, it is something a little, I'm not going to say fishy, right? But. It could just be Kanye being Kanye again. He probably had the address.
0: <laughs> he probably had the address. I don't think he had the address because it was a combined party and it looks like it was not at their houses. It was at, like, my it looked last like thi- a
2: house. My last theory on this, and I shared this with Shayna, is that you know this... You notice with the Kardashians, always one of those things where they be trying to play damage control situations. So when they're like, Kanye's like, I had to, he did another video. I had to get the the address from, from Travis Scott. And I'm like, this could be a campaign an endorsement to try to make us get on the good side of Travis Scott. Like, oh, he helped know, get in there to be at his Kanye. daughter's birthday party, so we think
1: Kanye can't, is can't so him. like them. I don't know.
0: <laughs> they not using Kanye to get on the Travis good train. And just to back it up, what we do know is earlier in the week, Kanye said that security stopped him from going to Kim's house too, which I do believe that once you're divorced, there's conversations about that. But there was never a conversation and never a conversation to their daughter to understand daddy can't come in here anymore. Like there's a lot of things that need to happen that like maybe they shouldn't worry about their dating lives so much. Both of them yeah, and focus on like their children and how they move forward in this new chapter that they're all in. five of them. Cause that's a lot of kids. Okay. I woke up this morning to a text message from my boyfriend, uh, from a website. And this is the headline that I'm going to read to you. Right. It said, and this is from black sports online. Um partisan Fontaine broke up with Megan the Stallion because she is allegedly an abusive, mean drunk. And then my boyfriend's commentary at the bottom is Tori is innocent. Why is this on blacksports.com? <laughs> <laughs> is, do, neither, is, is, I thought you were going to say because she's dating tristan yeah. Thompson or you know, I don't know, like some basketball like, I'm right. citing the source. <laughs> okay oh,
2: this is no. this like is, why 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 is the source concerned about this <laughs> My friend, like
0: they think i i swore mm-hmm. this was going to lead to she was dating a basketball player <laughs> and that's why i'm <laughs> saying like they was able to slow that
2: but you know what this to me this sounds like that like that thing where like they'll build you up at one minute and then as soon as they get an opportunity to they'll start to pull you back down that's what this is like the fact that they're even putting this information out there about her after last year we celebrated her and all this stuff like this is typical.
1: Oh well, yeah, right. Just like, savage. It's like who who talked to him to get that? Like like what interview did he say that in? Like who where where are we actually getting this information from?
0: My whole thing is there's a narrative that she's manly and aggressive. And you know what I'm saying? There's this narrative like she did something to Tori. And I'm like, even if she did son him, even if she is an angry drunk, that doesn't warrant you being shot. (laughs) I mean, I mean, i am be like,
1: and I don't condone this at all. Right. But it is a it's a mismatch in that fight. She's three times bigger than Tori. (laughs)
0: <laughs> no, but my whole thing is just because you have a Napoleon complex doesn't mean that you can retaliate against someone oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. you feel physically intimidated by because she is strong and opinionated and and a lot taller than you. <laughs> <laughs> I I just don't think that you know even obviously she may drink she may have fun she may even be aggressive, but you know from what she said about party is the reason why she likes him is because he's like very manly and very these things so i don't like that narrative like we're gonna just make it seem like she doesn't mean old drunk and she did it like i don't like that and i and i now i gotta question blacksports.com or all the stuff that they said i agree with that because it's like there's plenty of y'all who be getting crazy when y'all drink hennessy (laughs) <laughs> you know, and it's and like system. right, and nobody, everybody's like, oh, I'm drunk off the henny. So when it's a man getting crazy off the see, now all of a sudden that's okay, that narrative's okay. But when a woman now maybe gets a little intoxicated, now you want to call her a mean drunk, and she aggressive, and she this. I just don't like the narrative that they're y'all are a little about. different.
2: Yeah, y'all are a little different. <laughs>
0: What? Because because
2: if the four of us got drunk together, me and Garnett might argue and fight with each other. If the two of y'all got drunk with the two of us, ain't no telling who you hit. Me, Shayna, Garnett. Like the girls That's
0: don't funny. care. Yeah,
2: but
1: I, I I I tell you one thing. I wouldn't if this girl or any woman is being mean. Like have y'all heard uh party's music? He's not saying the word mean.
0: Are you kidding me? Who broke that? This is also true. That's very true.
1: She's mean. That so about. <laughs>
0: well, she must have pissed off one of party's point friends that might play sports or something. <laughs> the writer, the, the one of the, the blog writers on that site. Listen, I was just trying to uh, cite the source, but that's what my boyfriend texted me this morning. I swore uh, it was uh, gonna say and now she didn't. Tristan in Thompson. Like I swore this was good why I was doing this. That one.
2: She'd be pregnant by him. <laughs> uh, Because he don't date. He just have babies. (laughs) Baby maker.
0: (laughs) All right, y'all. That's the 209th episode of the Mina's House podcast. This is a good one. I mean to say what? I'm Shana B.
1: Garnett Briscoe. X Stucky.
0: Thank you to our uh, guest, Charles J. And we will talk to you next week. Bye.